Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Submission to Authorities, Part 4. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we are no longer found on Diaspora social media. Many of their servers are down. No explanation is given for this problem. Please ignore previous links to Diaspora in our older show notes that originally linked that site when it was up and running. We are still on Tumblr where we have a public page for us that you do not need to log in to see our content. Diaspora required that you have a personal account with them to see us on their service. Again, no answers have been provided for what appears to be either a long-term outage or a permanent outage. Welcome to our extended summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Our summer series is sourced in First and Second Peter. Last week, in our episode titled, Submission to Authorities, Part 3, September 12th, we examined 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. We noticed that commentary stated that if we have patience in suffering, it highly becomes us. Even after learning that if we are unjustly accused of something, we have peaceable and just cause to pursue legal remediation. Yet, this thinking is deepened to show a more spiritually mature course of action which is to bear patience in our suffering a wrong because it highly becomes us. While contrary to how many modern-day men and women may think, it is a more prudent way to resolving our issues given we are only here for a short amount of time whether we live out our lives here or are taken up in the resurrection of the saints to Christ on the clouds. This week, we finish examining what Peter is saying in this portion of Scripture. He finishes with this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we may cease from sinning and live for righteousness. By his wounds you are healed, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have turned back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 24 through 25. Verse 24 makes three impressive statements we need to examine further. First, verse 24 opens with, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Comma. It then states the reasoning for this action by Jesus Christ, that we may cease from sinning and live for righteousness. Cease from sinning? Is that even possible? The third point is made in verse 25. 
For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have turned back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. While this speaks of being a sinner and coming to the saving knowledge of Christ, it more properly refers to those who have backslidden and are returning or have returned to Christ. However, we are getting ahead of things here. Verse 24 opens with, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Hama. That sounds pretty straightforward. What else could it mean? The apostle here explains the nature and end of Christ's sufferings, which were to make atonement for sins, and which was done by bearing them. What Christ bore were, quote, sins, end quote, even all sorts of sin, original and actual, and every act of sin of his people, and all that is in sin, all that belongs to it, arises from it, and is demerit of it, as filth, guilt, and punishment, and a multitude of sins did he bear, even all the iniquities of all the elect, and a prodigious load and weight it was, and then which nothing could be more nauseous and disagreeable to him, who loves righteousness and hates iniquity, and these sins he bore were not his own, nor the sins of angels, but of men, for whom Christ gave his life a ransom, who he justifies and brings to glory our sins, not the sins of the Jews only, for Peter was a Jew, and so were those to whom he writes, but of the Gentiles also even the sins of all his people, for them he saves from their sins, being stricken for them. His, quote, bearing, end quote, them was in this manner, he becoming the surety and substitute of his people. Their sins were laid upon him by his father, that is, they were imputed to him. They were reckoned as his and placed to his account, and Christ voluntarily took them upon himself. He took them to himself, as one may take the debt of another and make himself answerable for it, or as a man takes up a burden and lays it on his shoulders. So Christ took up our sins and carried them up, as the word here used signifies, alluding to the priest carrying up the sacrifice to the altar, and referring to the lifting up of Christ upon the cross, whither he carried the sins of his people, and bore them, and did not sink under the weight of them, being the mighty God and the man of God's right hand made strong for himself, and so made entire satisfaction for them by enduring the wrath of God, the curse of the law, and all that punishment which was due unto them, and thereby bore them away, both from his people and out of the sight of God, 
and his vindictive justice, and removed them as far as the east is from the west, and made a full end of them. And this he himself did, and not another, nor by another, or with the help of another, not by the means of a goat, as the high priest, but by himself. Though he was assisted in bearing his cross, yet he had no help in bearing our sins. Angels could not help him. His father stood at a distance from him. There was none to help. His own arm brought salvation to him, but his own self, who knew no sin, nor did any, he by himself purged away our sins and made reconciliation for them by bearing them, and which he did in his own body. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That is quite a long passage, but it is even longer in the commentary passage it comes from. However, this gives us more than enough to learn from and to better understand what Peter is saying. We first learn, the apostle here explains the nature and end of Christ's sufferings, which were to make atonement for sins and which was done by bearing them. This tells us right at the opening of verse 24. It is telling us Christ alone makes atonement for sins, our sins, whether Jew or Gentile. Remember, Gentiles are all others who are not Jewish. This opening passage also tells us this atonement comes with the horrible price of Jesus Christ bearing our sins, bearing them on the cross until his body is dead. Commentary said, which is done by bearing them. Not just yours, not just mine, but all the sins of mankind, regardless of whether one is a Jew or a Gentile. This is for all time that is measured by God our Father before Christ comes again. Then, things proceed as outlined in the book of Revelation. To simply state it, remember also, we are only forgiven our sins if we repent and ask Jesus Christ into our minds, hearts, and life to receive his gift to us of salvation from these sins that we need his forgiveness. We read also, what Christ bore were, quote, sins, end quote, even all sorts of sin, original and actual, and every act of sin of his people, and all that is in sin, all that belongs to it, arises from it, and is the demerit of it, as filth, guilt, and punishment, and a multitude of sins did he bear even all the iniquities of all the elect, and a prodigious load and weight it was, and then which nothing could be more nauseous and disagreeable to him, who loves righteousness and hates iniquity, 
and these sins he bore were not his own, nor the sins of angels, but of men. I think it is very clear what kind of sins Christ bore for us who, until we are saved by his grace and salvation, as sinners. People who commit the very sins found in this commentary passage, and maybe now, in modern time, even other things possibly not listed here. He bore both original and actual sins, and every act of sin of his people. His people being those who have received him as Lord and Savior of their life, who are now free of the sins that before beset them. Yes, they are 100% free. Christ made entire satisfaction for them, those sinners now being found in salvation by Christ. Christ made entire satisfaction for them by enduring the wrath of God, the curse of the law, and all that punishment which was due unto them and thereby bore them away, both from his people and out of the sight of God, and his vindictive justice, and removed them as far as the east is from the west, and made a full end of them. This commentator's last comment is found in Psalms 103, verse 12, which reads, As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he removes the guilt of our rebellious actions from us. For some clarity, commentary tells us, this distance is not given with respect to those opposite parts of the earth, which scarcely exceed 12,700 miles, but with respect to those opposite points in the heavens. And the meaning is, that as far as the eastern point of the heavens is from the western point of them, which more illustrates the matter in hand, or the blessing later mentioned, than the other. While that may be your first thought, here is a better definition of the distance related in Psalms 103, verse 12. So far has he removed our transgressions from us which removed men and angels from God, and set them at a distance from him, and which, if not removed, are such burdens as must sink men down into the lowest hell, and yet cannot be removed by anything that they can do, not by any sacrifices, services, or duties of any kind, nor in any other way nor by any other person than the Lord himself. And this is to be understood not of a removal of the being of sin out of his people, for that is not done in this life, rather of the removal of the guilt of sin by a special application of pardoning grace and mercy. Both commentary passages from the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Here, we have a good description of how Christ did this. He became, 
the surety and substitute of his people. Their sins were laid upon him by his father. That is, they were imputed to him. They were reckoned as his and placed on his account. And Christ voluntarily took them upon himself. He took them to himself, as one may take the debt of another and make himself answerable for it, or as a man takes up a burden and lays it on his shoulders. So Christ took up our sins and carried them up, as the word here used signifies. There are two very strong points made by John Gill. One, there, or our sins, were laid upon him by his Father. That is, they were imputed to him. They were reckoned as his and placed to his account. If you have ever wondered if you were truly saved, this passage of John Gill's commentary should settle this argument for you completely if Psalms chapter 103 verse 12 did not help. We can therefore read that commentary passage this way. All our sins were laid upon him by his Father, that is, they were imputed to him, they were reckoned as his, and placed to his account. Our sins were, quote, imputed, end quote, to Christ. Just what does that mean if we're still not understanding this? The doctrine of imputed negligence making one person legally responsible for the negligent conduct of another. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. To reckon to one what does not belong to him, it has been held that Adam's sin is imputed to all his posterity. That's you and me, folks. The merit imputed shall absolve them who renounce their own both righteous and unrighteous deeds. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. There you have it. If you are saved of Christ, you are fully forgiven of all sin that is past, present, and future. Yes, you are already forgiven of sins you are yet to commit. Sins that you will commit in your future life here on this earth. Forgiven already, if you are saved in Christ. Does that even suggest to you the fact, or maybe the notion, that if you are already forgiven of sins in your future, it might be, as was mentioned here, that you could live a sin-free life? Or, are you saved and sitting on the sidelines, waiting for nothing else than the return of Christ? I think you can see that the word, quote, imputed, end quote, is saying a lot in that commentary passage. We see this is true because the word is used in this fashion of Christ, willingly taking on the sins of mankind 
for him to suffer what the law calls for to remediate, recompense, and justify. By a more real modern example, would you bear the wrong of someone else who had stolen something? Would you suffer their sentence by the courts to set them 100% free? I think the answer to both those questions is a distinct and flat-out no. Yet, this is exactly what Christ has done for each and every one of us. Our sins, every last one of them, has been imputed to him of which he willingly took upon himself for our 100% freedom from all sin. This is why, once we are saved in Christ, all we need to do is ask for forgiveness and our sin or sins are removed as far as the East is from the West, just like they were when we received Christ, according to Scripture. Remember, he made entire satisfaction for them by enduring the wrath of God, the curse of the law, and all that punishment which was due unto them, and thereby bore them away, both from his people and out of the sight of God and his vindictive justice, and removed them as far as the east is from the west, and made a full end of them. He had no help in bearing our sins. Angels could not help him. His father stood at a distance from him. There was none to help. Do you think your sins live on even if you are saved in Christ? Notice what commentary says, which, if studied, God's Word, the Holy Bible, says also, He, of our sins, made a full end of them. If I make a full end of something, does it still exist? By example, if I completely burn a piece of paper in a fire, have I not made a full end of that paper? Of course I have, because the paper cannot even be reconstituted to its original unburnt state. That paper has been brought to a full end. Our sins in the salvation of Christ have also been brought to a full end. We only now need to stop living in the weakness that permits us to sin. Finally, remember, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have turned back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. While this speaks of being a sinner and coming to the saving knowledge of Christ to some, it more properly refers to those who have backslidden and are returning or have returned to Christ. Where are you with regard to this understanding today? Next week, our episode is titled, Wives and Husbands. The opening of chapter 3 speaks about the apostle instructing wives 
how to behave towards their husbands and husbands how to behave towards their wives, and then exhorts to various things common to all Christians. Join us next week for what should be an interesting episode. Scripture may not speak to us in a way you may think it does. Play or download next week's episode from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you would want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titles, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our website is located at this address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.